Is that not awesome? You see, we do things like that because we have a heart for the harvest. Chris was a part of this church. Chris came to the Pellissippi campus. And then over four years ago when we launched the Blount County campus and we sent about 300 missionaries out from, from Pellissippi because we had not done another campus, we sent him over there. Chris went, helped the student ministry, and then God called him, and now he's over there doing an unbelievable work, and we get to be part of that. And really so many other things because of Heart for the Harvest. Y'all hear that? Y'all don't hear that? You do? Okay, I thought, man, we need something else if y'all don't hear that. We need a big healing of ears. I don't know what's back there thumping, but something's after me. So Faith Promise welcomed all of our campus this weekend. It's good to be in the house of God this weekend. It's good to see you guys at Campbell and Anderson at North. And North is, it's, a, it's pretty much a done deal now. The paperwork side, North Knoxville campus gets a new building at the first of the year. And so, and we're thrilled, ecstatic about that. And so, you know, Faith Promise, we, we have a heart for the harvest, and that's twofold. We have a heart for the harvest that we care about the world, and we have a heart for the harvest that we want to be a part. So, so do we still have God's heart, Faith Promise Church? Amen. Do we still have it? Come on. Do we? Okay. Because to have God's heart means that we care. And to care, it costs. Really, a synonym of caring ought to be costing. Because if you care, it costs. It means you give. It means you go. It means you serve. It means you go the second mile, as Jesus talked about. When we care about someone or something, it's going to cost us. And to cost in the kingdom of God of sacrificing the heart for the harvest, offering or in, in serving and all that we do, it is so opposite to our selfish consumer culture in which we live, isn't it? See, we live in a culture, get all you can, can all you get, set on the can. Get more, hide it, put it in your mattress, put it somewhere, get all you can, can all you get, sit on the can. That's our, man, it's all about you and me and my four. And if we're going to build the kingdom of God, it's about, it's about people beyond our reach. It's about people beyond our neighborhood or people beyond our campus. It's about people beyond the borders of East Tennessee or Tennessee or even America. It's caring about a world. Let me tell you, as, as I've read through this Bible more times than I don't even know how many times, a hundred times or more, let me tell you what I see about the heart of God. God is drawn to sacrifice. Amen? All the way through. And God is drawn to faith. How many times did Jesus say, wow, I've not seen, that's amazing, I've never seen a faith like that. You guys check this out. Jesus was, you know, he, he actually, he gauged faith. Also, God is drawn to the broken God is drawn to the hurting. God is drawn to the down and out. But God is also drawn to those that are the up and out. Those people that have businesses and are so consumed with getting more and having more in the fourth and the fifth house. And, 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 and they, it's, it's all about that. See, there are people that are up and out, people that are down and out. Jesus cares about both ends of the spectrum, doesn't he? We want to say he only cares about the project. Jesus cares about everybody, rich, poor, black, white, yellow, green, purple. God cares about people. And, and, I, and, and I believe that the eyes of the Lord still move to and fro, that he may strongly support a church that is completely his. It's out of Chronicles where he said, a heart that is completely I believe God looks to and fro to strongly support a church that is completely his. So let me ask you a question. If you're listening, say, I am. 
Is faith promise his? Is it his? Come on, let me hear it, man. Help me. Amen. And so we are his. We are his church. Now, we're in the month of miracles, and so when this message is over, at every campus, we're going to be moving to prayer stations of all those that need healing. And some of you want to go, and you're not even sure if you're going to go yet because you're afraid. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So this weekend is healing. Last weekend was prodigals and salvation. Next weekend, we're going to have everybody that needs a job stand so that our employers can see them. They're going to ask people that need a financial miracle and provision, and we're going to pray for those people next weekend. And then the the fourth weekend, we're going to be praying that God will move in the offering, and it's it's going to be unbelievable that God will provide, and we will be able to do, that God really would do Ephesians 3.20 exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Now, if all 8,000 of us sacrifice together, can can, can, can it make a difference? Somebody? Absolutely. So now, I'm going to get... And we'll get personal this weekend, and we'll get naked, not physically, because there'll be a bolting for the door, but I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm just, I'm going to get, I'm going to try to get as real as I can get, because as we move into this month of miracles, and we move into the, we move into Heart for the Harvest offering, let me tell you something that's always said. Well, the pastor is selling miracles. And I tell you, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Can you buy a miracle? I mean, can you give a God enough money and God says, oh, okay, I'm going to cure your cancer? Well, that's stupid as a stick. So as I move through this, listen, if you think all faith promise cares about is money and all that I care about money, don't give. Because God said he doesn't want you to give out of necessity or out of compulsion. He loves a cheerful giver. Give it somewhere else. Give it to Chris Ladd. Give it to Inward Youth Foundation. Give it to Knoxville Leadership. Give it to Eric and Melissa Weber in Nicaragua. Give it to Terry DuPont. Give it to Lee and Sharon Hartwell in El Salvador. Give it, give it away. See, the, uh, whenever we say all the church wants is my money, you know what we really mean is? I'm not giving. So if you're struggling with that, listen, put your big boy pants on and say, crap. This is not about him. This is not about the church. This is about me. So come on, let's be, let's, let's, have, some, let's have some intellectual integrity. Amen? So just it, it, now, because people, even God's people get messed up when you talk about money, don't we? We just, Jesus knew that. It's, been, it's all through the Bible. It's just the way that it is. But I want, I want to be honest with you. Can, can we get real? My daughter's coming for prayer this weekend. Candace Faith. Candace Faith's been married six years. And every weekend when she comes to church, some wonderful, well-meaning person will walk up and say this. Hey, Faith, when are you and Frankie going to start having kids? Now, see, nobody knows that Faith can't have kids. And people mean well. They don't, they're not trying to, they're, they just, they're just loving and and, and, and I've never, I still don't understand what a couple goes through with infertility. Because if you haven't walked through the barnyard, you don't know what the poop smells like. But what I'm learning in watching my daughter, in, in praying every day that God would touch her. She's been to the doctor, she's done all kinds of stuff, her and Frankie. And the driving desire of a heart like Hannah is, God give me a child. 
So listen, when somebody looks at you and says, hey, the pastor's just selling miracles, just look back and say, you're just stupid. Because can I tell you, I'm more concerned that my daughter would get pregnant and I'd have another grandkid. Because listen, if I knew it has been that good, I would have had kids. I'd have just gone straight to grandkids. (laughs) So listen, I'm just trying to be as, as real as I know how to be. Our family's burdened. Our family's burdened for my daughter. I have other family members that are coming for prayer this weekend. And it's not about sacking somebody up. It's not about playing some mental games for people to give. I want you to give in heart for the harvest. Amen? I want every man, woman, bird girl to participate with it. But let me tell you, there's some things I want more than that. Like Jehovah Rapha to move this weekend. Like the people that are coming with cancer would be healed. The people that are coming with depression would be healed. People that are coming with maladies would be touched. That is... That as people walk up to a station like this, one of our elders or one of our pastors or prayer warriors anoints them with oil and asks God in the name of Jesus to heal them. When they leave, when they leave Pellissippi or Blunt or North, or when they leave Anderson, when they leave Campbell, they'll walk away healed in Jesus' name. That matters more to me. Come on. Matter of fact, listen, I'm praying God will do something so huge, y'all won't be able to shut up telling everybody you know about what God did this weekend at church. That's the deal. So that's why I run a 21-day fast. Now, there's all kind of ways to fast. Let me tell you what I'm doing. Every day, I pick the meal or meals the next day that I will fast, and I pick them where I can pray. So, so, you know, breakfast and lunch, if I can pull aside those times and pray, then I'm going to fast those two meals. If, if I've got a meeting at lunch, but I'm free for dinner, then I'll fast breakfast and dinner. That, that's what I'm doing. I'm not doing a total fast. I, uh, by the end of the 21 days, I'll, I'll be worthless. And so you can do that, but that's just what I'm doing. Do however you do. Now, you can go online every day. Set the all 21 days. I'm recording a devotion every day for us to pray together. Now imagine all eight or ten thousand of us praying every day, pounding on the door of heaven. Just believing that God's gonna move, God's gonna heal, God's gonna restore. Prodigals are coming home, marriages are gonna be restored, God is gonna be honored and glorified, and he is gonna fall so thick what to have church under the chairs. Man, I like that, don't you? Man, church under the chairs. And so We link our faith because the book of Galatians says that when we bear each other's burdens, we fulfill the law of Christ. And so when one of us hurt, we all hurt. When one of us needs a job, it matters to all of us. When one of us needs to be healed, it makes a difference to the whole body. When one of us has a a marriage that's, that's wrecked or a prodigal that's gone or another relationship, it matters to all of us. We're a big church, but the love of God is at faith promise church in Jesus' name. And so we care, so let's link our faith. Let's also link our sacrifice. So in three more weeks, in two weeks, three weekends, we do a heart for the harvest offering that, that we will be able to do what we'll be able to do with Chris Ladd and build that church. I don't know what the name of that city is. It begins with an S. That. I'm not going to say it. I can't say the Old Testament name, so I'm just going to say Chris Ladd City. We're going to put a church there. And we're, you know, we're, we're moving on North Knox campus. We're doing something on our Campbell County campus. We're, we're looking at a Lenore City facility. We're all this stuff. Now, now th- that's why we sacrifice, so that we can make it hard to go to hell from East Tennessee. Amen. That's what we do. Come on. Now, we, if you don't have a problem, you don't need a miracle. Right? 
Because see, a miracle is an answer to a problem. It's somebody's healed or restored her. It's somewhere being at the Red Sea. See, the Red Sea experience means I'm here and only God can fix it. I'm stuck and only God can move. I'm right here and only the creator God of heaven can move and meet. Now, nobody wants to be at the Red Sea, do we? We want to be isolated, insulated, insured, 401k'd. We want everything done, money to bank, food in the pantry, meat in the freezer. We want everything. We don't have to worry, do we? And we certainly don't want to be put in a position where we're at the Red Sea with the army behind us and the sea in front of us and two mountains where only God can move. But if you missed last weekend, please get, get a free DVD or CD or go online. It's, it's all free. And listen to it because many times God orchestrates the circumstances that puts us at the Red Sea. Now, why would a loving God put you in a circumstance that's difficult, that that you look around and you're struggling? Why? Because God is committed to two things, your continual spiritual growth. And he's also committed to your dependence upon him. Now, all of us want to organize our lives so that we don't need Jesus. That's what we, come on, everybody, what do you want? Well, I want want plenty of money in the bank. Good, I don't need God for money. I want plenty of food. Okay, good. You want good health? Yeah, I'd like some of that too. My family too, I want everybody. And so when you get to where we don't like the Red Sea, because we don't want to be put in a position where we just say, oh, God, God, I'm right here. They're going to kill me or I'm going to drown. If you don't move, God. But listen, for a believer, this is the place to be. This right here is the place to be. Come on. And listen, as a church, that's where we are. We need God to move. This is where we are. See, Red Sea is a scary place. It's scary circumstances. Let's look at Exodus chapter 14. It's where we sort of are going to camp out, verses 10 through 12. As Pharaoh drew near, the sons of Israel looked behind them. The Egyptians were marching after them. And they became very what? frightened. This is the deal. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Well, praise God. Praise the Lord. Then they said to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Now, did they see any other option other than death? They said, well, why did you bring us out here? Or that wasn't there enough places to bury us in Egypt that you brought us in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, leave us alone? How many people spiritually have told you, leave me alone? My, my first, I was, I was pastor of the, one year when a seminary professor came and spoke for me, looked at me and said, you're pushing too hard. I hadn't changed a bit. There are a lot of churches laid around doing nothing. That's not what we do at Faith Promise Church. We're a marching army. So he said, Moses, why don't you just leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? We like being slaves to Pharaoh and building the pyramids and the palaces. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to what? See, the number one emotion at the Red Sea is fear. It's still the most common emotion when you, when you encounter the Red Sea is fear. Have we all felt it? We all. 
We, we've all been there. Now let me tell you where you're at at the Red Sea. If you're listening, say I am. Come on, every campus. You're at a crossroads, and this is where Israel is. I want you to see this. This is huge. This is way beyond healing this weekend or a heart. For, this, is, this is for the rest of your life. Every time you come to the Red Sea or a major decision, you're at the crossroads of faith and fear. Now, after 33 years of ministry, I watch most people travel down Fear Freeway. There's no traffic jam on Faith Avenue. Would y'all agree with that? Because just well, most people choose fear. Now, as we're praying about the offering in three weekends, and God is speaking to people numbers. And when God gives a couple or a single guy or a gal a number, do you think they say, whoa, praise God? Yes. They say, no, that's not God. I'm pretty sure that's late night pizza. It's buttermilk and onions and cornbread. That can't be God. God wouldn't say that. I mean, I must be having a flashback. Some LSD crystal broke loose in my brain and has lit it back up again. Why? Because we get right there on the crossroads of fear and faith, don't we? Now, what I would love to just absolutely believe is that every single attender and core, every boy, girl, every student is going to choose Faith Avenue. Are they? No. No, no, they're not. Why? Because when you're at the Red Sea, when you have a choice to make, when you're at the crossroads of fear and faith, fear rises. When there's no natural way out, we simply just don't look and say, God can. We come to the offering in three weeks, and you know what we say? But, but I know, I think God might be wanting me to do this, but what if? What if the economy tanks again? What if I lose my job? I'm not sure about our, our, our you know, what's going on. What if, what, what, what if, what, what if, you know, what if, what if I don't, what if I give and I don't have enough money? The future is so uncertain and unclear. What if, what if, what if, what if? Does that, does that make sense? See, that's what fear does. My question is what if? What if all of us sacrifice and we give God the biggest offering we've ever given him? What if we plant that church there in Africa with Chris Ladd? What's going to happen when we move the North Knox over to the Trinity Chapel building and we move Campbell County or God just rips the toehold that the devil has in Campbell County in the meth. What happens when we move to North City? What about Sevier County? What about when blood? What if, what if, what if? See, this, this is the deal. Instead of saying, what if it's bad? Why don't you talk? I preach to me a lot more than I preach to you. What if it gets better? What if, what if I sacrifice? What if, what if God brings revival of Faith Promise Church? See, every time I come to the road between faith and fear, and until you die, you'll keep coming to that crossroad, won't you? And you have to choose. Matter of fact, some of you know at every campus that you need to be healed of something, but you're afraid to get up in just a few minutes and walk to one of these stations where our elders and our pastors and our prayer warriors have been, and you're afraid. You're afraid to go there. Why? I don't know why that you're afraid, it, 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 but, but, but some people are. And so if you need healing in just a few minutes, you need to head that way. Now, let, let's, let, let's, now, you know what happened at the Red Sea, right? God parted it. Did the Israelites believe? No, they were, they were about to run back and apologize to Pharaoh. But see, God parted the Red Sea, didn't he? 
And if you read the story, again, it's the number one illustration in all the Bible. They were thirsty. God brought water out of a rock. They were hungry, so God raided Krispy Kreme donuts every morning down from heaven. I mean, it's man. I can't, what else could it be but Krispy Kreme? Not Dunkin' Donuts. And so we, it's, and so God's reigning. Then he's, he's moving here. Armies come. He takes care of the armies. Everything that is needed. God's already unleashed all these miracles in Egypt, all these plagues. God has moved and God has moved and God has moved. And God brings them to the border of the promised land. They're back at the Red Sea, aren't they? They're on the court. They're on the crossroads of faith and fear. What'd they choose? Fear. Fear freeway. They chose. We can't do it. They're too big. They're too mean. No, God can't. No, no. Now, what boggles our mind is this generation has seen the greatest unleashing of miracles any generation has ever seen. Would you all agree with that? To today. And they still didn't believe God. But how much have we seen God do at Faith Promise Church? And that we still back away and say, I don't think he can do it this time. I'm not sure that he can pull this one off. I'm just not sure. Let me tell you the end result. This is what I really want to get to. If you're listening, say I am. When you come to the corner of fear and faith, the crossroads, if you choose fear like they did in the promise land, let me tell you what it means. It means that you will miss the promised land. The land of God's blessings, the land of God's favor, the land of God's anointing, the land of God's best in your life. Now, was God's best for those who are last to wander around the desert for 40 years? No, that's crazy. No. He had a promised land, milk and honey, houses, cities, farms, everything. They were going to be wealthy. But they missed it because they chose to go down fear freeway. So they lived for 40 years. Fear won the day. Listen, believer, if you're, if you, does anybody know Jesus in the house? Come on, anybody? Anybody? So, listen, then don't let fear win the day. Are you with me? Don't let fear win the day. This is the greatest struggle I have as a pastor. This is my, the biggest mountain I have to climb personally. Is after 33 years of ministry, watching thousands of Christ followers miss God's best walk out back out in the wilderness, watch them miss what God wanted to do, watch them refuse to grow in faith, refuse to, to go to the next level, just watch no matter what God did in their lives, they still chose to walk down Fear Avenue and miss it. Please obey God. If God's calling you to serve, obey Him. If God's calling you to get in a group, get in a group. Whatever God's calling you to do in Heart for the Harvest, man, just do it. Just Listen, just do it. Amen. Just obey God. Just do whatever he says. This just, and, and just this gives me stomach aches. It bothers me. Can I tell you the most difficult thing of being a pastor? It's not making a decision to buy that building for a North Knoxville campus. It's not making a decision of what we're going to do. See, I'm surrounded by so many, by elders and executive team and leadership team and, and so many great people that, that, that those decisions are easy for me. But let me, let me tell you what struggle I have as a pastor is being misunderstood. Being misunderstood. That, see, that because that, I know when people misunderstand me that they're most likely going to miss God's best. Does that make sense? Because, listen, I want more for you than many of you want for yourselves. 
I pray for many of you more than you pray for yourselves. I pray for your marriage more than some of you pray for your own marriage. Every single day I pray that you'll get up and you'll, have our, you'll be on our Bible reading plan. And I pray that when you open your Bible, the fire of God will land and the Spirit of God will speak and God will fill you and anoint you every day. That God's favor will bless your marriage. And God, if you're single, I pray God will send you a smoking hot spouse. All the singles ought to be shouting glory to God in this place. <laughs> see, it's every day, man. I, I pray. And, I, man, I want to see God. And then people say, well, all he wants is my money. Good night. Man, not just. And I know when people say that, well, that, that they're going to disconnect from the church and they're going to unfollow. They're going to follow. I have 5,000 friends on Facebook and 500 people waiting. How come you don't be my friend? Why don't you friend me? Because there's no room. You can only have 500. I don't know half those people. They're not my friends. I just need to unfollow all of them. You know what some people are going to do because of this? This offering, they're going to unfollow fake promise. They're going to say, hey, we don't want, come on, all they care about is money. Man, come on. Good night, man. Money is so secondary. It's so, it's so secondary. But let, let me tell you what's happened. August, we hit our apex we've ever hit in ministry. We averaged 6,000 in attendance in August. And then in September, we went, out, we went in the Let Hope In. And, and you know what we started doing in September? We started promoting Heart for the Harvest. And you know what started happening as soon as we promoted Heart for the Harvest? People quit coming. They quit coming. And they unfollow. And I said, oh, God, over money? It's dirty green paper. But Psalms 126, God can make you rich while you sleep. Who cares? Listen, if you don't want to give, don't give. My family will pay for your chair. My family will pay for your parking spot. My family will make sure that there's a staff back there for your kids when you drop them off. My, you know what? Josh Whitehead and Chuck and, and our elders and our leadership team and, and, man, the committed core, you know what? There's about 70% that say, hey, we're just going to enjoy it, and about 30% that say, we'll pay for everybody else. Thank God for the committed core at Faith Promise Church, man. Thank God. Come on. Man. And I was praying this week, I was so, I'm just going to tell you, I was so bummed out about this whole deal. And I was saying, God, I don't understand. It's just an offering. How could that, man? I just don't get it. And you know what God brought to my mind? He said, how do you think Jesus felt when the rich young ruler was standing before the Son of God and a ticket to heaven? Jesus had a ticket to heaven in his hand. And the rich young ruler started checking him. He pulled out his billfold, and he pulled out his 401K, and he looked at his list of properties, and he looked at Jesus, and he looked at his stuff, and he looked at Jesus, and he said, thanks, but no thanks. And the Bible says Jesus was grieved when he walked away. John chapter 6. They're there by the tens of thousands, the crowds, the throngs. Why? Because he was doing the you know, fish and chips deal. Because he was healing all the people. All this stuff was going on. And then he started talking about commitment. And you know what the crowds did? They bailed like rats on a sinking ship. They took off like cockroaches when you cut the lights on. 
to the degree that Jesus looked at the disciples and said, hey, you guys putting it for B for Boogie too? And Peter said, Lord, where else can we go? You have the words of life. Where else can we go? See, if we're going to make it hard to go to hell for me, so say, can I ask you a question? Y'all think that's easy? You think that's cheap? I don't know about you, but I'm so thrilled that Jesus was willing to lay it all down. I'm so grateful that he was willing to give his life on the cross for people that hated him. Man, come on. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives near unto death. 21 centuries, the church has marched on the blood and sacrifice of the people of God. Does that make sense? I'm praying for God to move so powerfully that you won't be able to shut up. I'm praying for a Holy Ghost revival to break out in our church at every campus. I'm praying for God to move in such an amazing way that it it impacts you, your family. It impacts everything about you. I'm praying this weekend that people will be healed. Next weekend, people will get jobs. I'm praying for people that are about to lose their house. We'll have financial miracles. Man, I'm just believing God to move in an unbelievable, astronomical, supernatural way. I told God the last three days of my quiet time, church as usual is not enough in this pluralistic, godless America that we live in. We need the power of God in the house. Come on. That's what we need. And so in just a second, I'm going I'm I'm to pray. So if campus pastors and all the, the prayer people, if you just get up and go ahead and move to the prayer stations, if you guys will make your way, and gals, if you'll make your way. Ladies, if you want to be anointed and prayed, if you want to make sure there's a woman there, they'll be there, there's some, you might just want to say to a woman, there'll be women at our prayer station, so feel free if you want to go there. Listen, church, listen. We don't play games at Faith Promise. Amen? And so if you need the power of God to heal you of whatever in just a minute, I'm going to just ask you to go to any one of, any one of our places. So uh, when I pray... All the campus pastors, you guys will, you guys, it'll go live at your campus and people just begin moving. God, you are more than capable. Your arm is not short and that it cannot save. Your ear is not dull that it cannot hear. And mighty God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would heal supernaturally. Cancer, depression, infertility. The God, whatever people need, hypertension, migraines, whatever people are facing, Lord Jesus, as we anoint those people, though, I pray that the supernatural power of God would flood all over them. I pray at every campus we'll experience you right now in a powerful way. So, Lord Jesus, we ask you to move as only you can move. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. let's go ahead and stand as our bands come back out. You guys go ahead right now and make your way to those. We're gonna, the bands is going to play lightly and we're going to worship sort of quietly. But if you need prayer, just begin to go. And if you don't need any miraculous, you don't need God to do anything, would you pray for those that are going? You don't even need to know their name. Come on, right now, do whatever God says to do.